A little over a week ago, I had plans with a friend of mine. I think it was on a Sunday. Yeah, it was on a Sunday. And this must have been the first weekend of May 2023. Los Angeles is known as a city that has a lot of traffic. I'm fortunate because I've been working remote for 13 years now that I don't have to drive that much. Most of the driving I experience in Los Angeles is for pleasure. You know, I'm, I'm doing something personal. I'm meeting a friend, I'm going to dinner, I'm doing something by choice. And so I get to pick the time of day, for example, and avoid the traffic. I also use tools like Waze, which is my favorite traffic calculator, I guess, <laughs> navigating system. Um, but there are times where I end up in more traffic than I expect. Maybe an accident happens or maybe maybe I thought that it, there wouldn't be a lot of traffic and I wasn't checking a tool. And, and that kind of ties into my experience on this Sunday. My plans also changed and I wasn't expecting to go to a certain part of town. So I, I looked at Waze, saw that it was going to take me about an hour to get to my destination to meet my friend on this beautiful, warm, sunny Los Angeles Sunday. And I'm someone I think that experiences the stress of driving in ways I haven't fully become aware of. And a side note, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I travel all around the country. But somehow driving in Los Angeles feels a lot more stressful than driving across the country 3,000 miles. And that says a lot about the city. But I'm also used to it. And maybe that's why I don't fully feel aware of the experience. Well, as I'm going to share with you today, I became very aware of driving and the stress on a whole new level that I'd never quite experienced before. And before I tell you the rest of the story, this topic was chosen by the community in Beyond Measure. It's a private community that I set up. And every Monday, we've been gathering to connect, to have fun together. And that's also where I re am recording this episode and record every episode. If you ever want to come and hear more behind the scenes, connect with other people, and vote on topics like today as well as being able to ask questions in real time while I'm recording, I invite you into Beyond Measure. There's a link in the description in the podcast player. And if you ever need any help finding that, if it's not super clear, easy, if you have questions about Beyond Measure, you can always send me an email. I would love for you to come and check it out. And so you may hear, see me pause as I read a question or a comment from Beyond Measure members during this episode. So going back to that, that Sunday afternoon, I plugged in the address to Waze and went on my way there. And as I was about to get on the highway, I had taken you know, one of the major streets in Los Angeles, Santa, Mon Santa Monica Boulevard, and that connects to one of the big highways, the 101. And I was about to turn on to the 101 and, and hit a bunch of traffic on that street. And it was a little strange to me because it was a Sunday. I don't know why there was so much traffic. There didn't seem to be an accident. It was just kind of there. Maybe just a lot of people running errands, you know. 
but it had that Sunday energy. That, that That's the thing. I suppose maybe I'm just very energetically aware, sensitive. Um, like there's a different feeling between when someone seems to be rushing to work versus when someone's running errands or someone's, you know, trying to get somewhere to enjoy their Sunday. And, and it felt like the latter for me. And I, I didn't mind. I, I just like to be on time. I think if there was any stress within me that day, it was wanting to arrive and meet my friend and I didn't want to be late. So I, I'll use tools like ways to calculate which roads I take and turns I make and estimate it and keep people posted. I, I try to be very conscientious about this. I'm probably an over communicator when it comes to most things in life, but definitely when it comes to meeting someone, if I'm, if I'm going to even be a couple minutes late, I'll let people know. So as I'm about to merge onto the 101, I end up like kind of in bumper to bumper, a lot of cars going from traffic light to traffic like, and I'm just sitting there not thinking too much, probably listening to an audio book as I usually do. And all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye on the left-hand side of my car, I was in the right-hand lane, two lanes in Santa Monica Boulevard. And all of a sudden this, this car cut in front of me. And in hindsight, like, or with my memory right now, I don't, know how like drastic it was but I just remember it feeling really sudden and it seemed rude to me I suppose like what does this person think that they're doing they they were cutting me off and they did it in a in a way that felt dangerous my instinct as a driver in those moments is to honk my horn so I honked my horn and the car stopped moving so it stopped on an angle in between changing lanes. And again, in hindsight, a little fuzzy here. I just remember noticing that they purposely stopped, you know, like their car like kind of jerked a little bit to, to a halt and they just paused there. And I don't remember if I saw anyone in the car in the moment, um, but I just felt it, the energetic feeling of anger. I noticed that they were responding to my honk. Didn't think too much about it, but I noticed that other cars started to honk too. And it became that awkward moment that I've noticed off and on throughout my life of, oh no, does this car think I honked a second time at them? I didn't. I honked once, but the other cars around me were honking. So it might've seemed like I was honking multiple times at this car. And I started to feel a bit uncomfortable, vulnerable, perhaps. So I decided in that moment that once that car finished passing in front of me and cutting me off in the lane, that I would carefully go around them into the left lane just to get around this car. At least I think that's what it was. And this, as I tell you the story, it, it is an example of remembering doing things, but maybe not remembering why. In hindsight, I think I would have made some different decisions. In hindsight, I wouldn't have honked and I probably wouldn't have changed lanes, at least not for a little while. And the reason is, is that when I changed the lane to get into the left-hand lane, I, I thought I was gonna go a little bit farther in front of this car, but I ended up right next to them. And both of my windows were up in my car. I don't, you know, there was, there was no air. I was using the air conditioning and, um, yet 
once I got side by side to this car that cut me off, their window was down and they, it was a man, I believe, started shouting at me with pure rage to the point that my adrenaline, my cortisol shot up and I became frightened because it was one of very few, if the only experience I've ever had from of road rage. And this is where my brain, I think when I process experiences like that, I kind of disassociate or forget things become really fuzzy. And my, I can feel it in my body telling you this story. This is how I know it, it was a bit of a traumatic experience for lowercase t trauma. Um, because it was really scary. I can feel in my heart right now the tension and and like a little bit of pounding. It's like I can I can go back to what it felt like to be in my car when this stranger was screaming at me. And I don't know if they were talking to me in English at first, maybe Spanish, but again, don't remember the details. I do remember that they switched over to English at some point and started swearing at me and calling me names. It felt like it went on forever, but it was probably like 15 seconds. But 15 seconds of pure rage from the stranger when I was stuck. I couldn't get away from them because there were people directly behind me in their cars and directly in front of me. And I was on a road that it wouldn't have been easy to move away. And in hindsight, that felt really scary. There was no way for me to get away. I was I felt stuck next to this person who had so much rage simply because I honked at them. I, I, at least that's what I think, you know, in hindsight too, I wondered, was there some other context that I missed? Had this person been trying to get over in my lane earlier and did I not notice them? These were the things I started to process after this experience. And it seems a bit simple, I suppose, that in this moment, I can maybe see it as not a huge deal, but I do acknowledge that it felt like lowercase trauma because of the pure rage that came from this stranger and also the context of the state of the world right now. Um, I believe it was earlier that day I had heard a really sad story about some gun violence. and. In this moment, I also feel sad that I don't even remember which incidents of gun violence that was because there's been so much. We're in a time, at least from my perspective, of a lot of horrific accounts of rage, of people be, being very violent. Um, of people killing one another in, in experiences that seem to either come out of nowhere or to innocent people, people. And, and I, I try, try to be really mindful of my words too, because I acknowledge that each of us feel differently about hearing these stories. So ending each other's lives is the term I will use um, at schools, at malls, the case that I had heard earlier that day before my road rage incident was neighbors. And maybe that's why this felt 
so scary to me. In hindsight, after, you know, that this experience I had maybe lasted 30 seconds to a minute from the moment I honked my horn to the moment I pulled up to this car and they yelled at me to the moment I, I, I was able to get away from them. They weren't chasing me. And let me finish the story. Luckily, in the moment, I heard them yelling at me and I decided not to make eye contact. I was scared of doing any, I really wish I could have gotten like away, left the situation immediately, but because I couldn't, I decided I would look down. I wasn't driving in that moment. My car wasn't moving. I was just going to look down and hope that nothing else happened. I wasn't going to engage. I wasn't going to try to apologize because the rage felt so strong. It didn't feel like I felt a bit, you know, helpless and stuck there. And shortly after the traffic patterns changed and we were close to each other for a while. And I started to worry, like, was this person going to write down my license plate number? I have a specialized license plate. It's not, doesn't even have numbers in it. Actually, it says something. I won't, I won't tell you what, what it is for my personal security, but I have a custom license plate and I thought it's very memorable. They could just look at it and memorize my license plate. I recently watched the Netflix series called Beef, which highly recommend. I, I really enjoyed that show. However, um, the premise of beef is all based on violence. In fact, road rage, the whole show starts off with road rage and no spoilers here, but the character, their license plate. So I, I'm, I'm feeling paranoid. Like, oh my gosh, what if this person was so full of rage that they wrote down my license plate and they're going to look me up and come to my home. You know, like I got scared, that scared from that moment, logical or not, that was going through my mind. And I still had 30 plus minutes of driving to do. And the whole drive, I was just thinking of every detail of the experience. And then I started to feel very afraid. Were they going to follow me? Were they going to look me up? Was anything else going to happen? And then the next question that came up for me was, did I do something wrong? Did I deserve that? Now I'll pause for a second because there are some comments coming through and beyond me measure that I want to acknowledge. So one person said, stuck, trapped, threatened, scary. Yes, that's how I felt. And that honk did trigger this person. And that was part of the processing of like, did I... Did I overstep? And I'll, I'll get into that thought process too. And I also, as, as is coming up in the Beyond Measure chat, like I knew on a logical level that that was not about me, or at least I hoped it wasn't because I didn't have any aggressive driving. If anything, maybe, maybe I didn't notice that car before and maybe they thought that I was trying to like block them from getting over or something, you know, like these misunderstandings happen when you're driving. Um, but to me, it was just the honk and I was honking cause they were cutting me off. This person 
was blocking my ability to move forward. And I thought that was rude. It's like, we're, we're in bumper to bumper traffic. What gives this person a right to get to cross over in front of me? There wasn't even a turn coming up. You know, it was just like, they wanted to be in my lane and they pushed themselves in. It was annoying. It was frustrating. Um, and somebody in the chat and beyond measure saying that almost the exact same thing happened to them, but they got out of their car to confront them. And I'm curious about that because I, that, that thought didn't even occur to me, but I was afraid of the person getting out of their car that, that would have been maybe even an uppercase T trauma for like, I don't know. I, I try to use the word trauma very lightly and there's def different definitions for it, but like that sounds completely terrifying on a whole nother level. If that person had come towards me with a knife or a gun or even like trying to physically harm me, I was afraid also they were going to like scratch my car. You know, I, I love my, my car. I try to take really good care of it. It was a very expensive purchase. Like I, when I was sitting next to this other car, I was like waiting for them to throw something at me, you know, like that whole fear of what if, during the experience, but what if afterwards was really challenging. And like I said, I started to wonder, did I do something wrong? And this is what I brought to therapy. My therapy appointment was like five or six days after this road rage incident. And by that point I had calmed down a little bit. Like it, it didn't feel as present. The rest of that Sunday, it, it was heavy on me. Like the whole time I was with my friend, I was thinking about it. I talked to my friend about this experience. I think as the day progressed, I, I slowly felt less attached to it and less fearful, but it lingered in me for a while because I was afraid because I felt trapped and it lingered because of the fears that it, something else would happen. Right. And that lingering, I think, can also happen to us, can be there within us. Story, I can still feel it in my body. There's a great book called The Body Keeps the Score that talks about PTSD and goes over, you know, the way our brains process information and our coping mechanisms and how that's also very connected to the rest of our bodies. And one thing I've learned a lot through therapy is identifying where I'm feeling emotions. Like right now it's, it's around my heart and it's interesting. I can feel it in other places. Like my tight, my stomach feels a little bit tight. My, maybe my throat, but I really feel it in my, my heart area, my chest. And it's really fascinating to notice that. This is where breath work can really help and meditation, but talk therapy is really powerful. I think this is one of the reasons I'm drawn to podcasting. I process a lot through talking. I tend to want to go th through things over and over again. And I want to share with you some of the things that I learned through therapy in case these might be helpful for you too. One of the first things, or at least the major thing that my therapist pointed out is how I do have the tendency to self-blame. 
I have a lot of triggers around feeling misunderstood. And in that moment, I felt misunderstood by this person. I also felt a bit like a victim and I felt really surprised at the chain of events. I didn't understand why they had so much rage towards me. And of course, as the Beyond Measure member pointed out earlier in the chat, it most people's reactions to things like that have to do with them, not you. But as my therapist shared, I, Whitney, have a tendency to think it's about me. And I think this ties into things like people-pleasing. It feels safe to me if I can please someone. If I can't please someone, I feel very unsafe. So in that moment, I felt like I did something wrong. And thus, I felt really unsafe. I didn't know how to correct it. I was fortunate that my logical brain said, there's nothing else I can do. But that in itself feels scary and frustrating to feel helpless. I'm stuck in a situation that I think I caused, that I think I'm responsible for, but I can't fix it. All I can do is sit with it. And sitting with it literally in that moment felt unsafe because I was afraid I was a target, that if I just sat there, this person could come be more violent with me. It was a moment of, do I, you know, fight or flight type of a moment too. Do I run away from this? I would have loved to. That would have been my first choice. Fighting was not an option for me because I do not feel equipped. I, I talked about a few weeks ago, I still have a lot of self-defense to learn. <laughs> you know, I took one jujitsu class. That's about as far as my self-defense knowledge goes thus far. But, you know, when you're in a car, what self-defense do you have aside from leaving the situation, right? And on a logical level, as some people in Beyond Measure are saying, like, maybe I didn't do anything wrong. I will say, <laughs> also on a logical level, that it's not recommended to honk. And that experience inspired me to change my, my honking tendencies. I'm not someone that overly honks, but I am a honker, you know? <laughs> when I'm driving, I get frustrated for example, if somebody's at a stop sign or a green light and they're not moving forward in a reasonable amount of time, I'll honk. And I've been with people in the car and they'll be like a little uncomfortable with me honking and something like that. Like I would like to research <laughs> what the general rules are, if there are any. Like this situation also made me want to be a little bit more informed because Certainly, I've, I did driver's ed growing up. When I last had to renew my license a few years ago, I had to take a test and study the rules of the road. But things like honking, there are nuances in them. You know, when do you honk your horn? I would love to know now and beyond measure if any of you want to share. Do you honk? And in, if so, in what case? I've met some people in my life who don't honk at all. Like they don't, they never touch that. Um, I mean, maybe like if they're about to get into an accident, they would honk their horn. Um, but I'm curious, you, and, and this goes for people that aren't in Beyond Measure, 
if you ever feel like emailing me, you can tell me about any road rage experiences or um, honking details. Because to me, I feel like honking is a form of communication. In that situation, I was trying to communicate to that person, hey, you just cut me off. Like, can you be a little bit more aware? Like, you bothered me. I, you know, that, uh, I guess the honk was saying like, hey, like, what are you doing? To me, honking is also letting someone else know that that you're a person too. If it all came down to it, that's probably why I do honk my horn. If I'm at a stoplight and that person's taking their time, it's letting them know, hey, you're not on your own timeline. There are other drivers around. Could you please drive forward like you're supposed to so I can get where I need to go? I think that's essentially why I honk my horn. Uh, I don't honk my horn to be rude. To me, I, maybe that person in the car thought I was it was the equivalent of me giving the middle finger. And it was certainly not. But it was a little bit like it's it's hard to do, like explain verbally. Um, but for those that are watching the video, it's like a little bit like when you raise your arms to say, like, what the heck are you doing? Like, it's like a puzzled thing. Like, that was me. Like, what are you doing? Type of a honk, you know, but these are the this is the trick about communication and how. Miscommunication can can easily happen now. I did look up when it comes to road rage, there were some tips. I will write down a note to try to find this article um, about what I learned because I think it might've come from some police organization or something or some, some, somebody compiled a list of tips for road rage. And one of the tips was to not honk your horn. And I think maybe it, because it can be triggering. So that's why I, why I will probably think twice about honking my horn. I'm going to try to change my habits. But as I was talking about with my therapist, I realized that I could change my habits and still end up in a situation like that. To my therapist's point, I'm not fully responsible for miscommunication. In a way, a honk can be seen as neutral and it's up to the person doing it as well as the person receiving it to interpret what that honk means. And there might be a big gap between the intention and the way it's received. And the way something's received is not fully within our control, if at all. How, how could we control the way someone perceives us and perce perceives our behavior? I have a tendency to over-explain myself. You know, were I in a conversation, if I made someone angry, what I would try to do next is explain or apologize. But in that road rage situation, the part of feeling helpless was that that person had so much rage, it felt unsafe to try to apologize. And I've also had an experience in the past, don't know if I would classify this as road rage, but a similar type of situation involving cars. I was in a parking lot a few years ago and I was trying to wait for a space to open up in this small parking lot. And I was, as I was waiting, I was kind of like blocking the, the path through to the other side, I guess. And somebody pulled up behind me and was stuck on the road. 
But I didn't want to move because I wanted to be the next person to get a parking spot. And this person clearly was pulling in to get a parking spot too. So I didn't move my car and they had to go around me and they parked in an illegal spot and they got out of their car and started screaming at me. What are you doing? You're such an idiot. Like, I don't even remember what they were saying. They were just calling me bad names. And I got out of my car and was like, hey, you know, I'm waiting for a spot. I have nowhere else to go. And I was trying to explain. And no matter how hard I tried to explain, this person was screaming back at me and calling me all these names. And I realized from that experience, I couldn't change the way they were perceiving me. No amount of explanation was going to change their reaction to me. So even though I have a memory of that, I still am in that pattern of wanting to control, of wanting to apologize, of feeling misunderstood. We can have repeated experiences. We could change little things, but we could still end up in the same outcome. We could still end up feeling hopeless and mis or helpless and misunderstood and scared and frustrated and you know, sadly, the tension staying in my body, it did make me feel incredibly uncomfortable driving that day. And what I don't want to happen is to feel that way every time I get in the car again. I don't want these multiple experiences, whether it was the true rate road rage experience that I had and that experience in the past at the parking lot, like those combined could add up to me being terrified of being around other drivers. And to be honest, that is lingering within me. I can feel that right now as I'm talking about it, but I don't want that to prevent me from the joy of getting somewhere in a car that I love. I love my car. I love my friends. I love getting to places. I don't want to be afraid of driving, but it also gave me that compassion for people that are afraid of driving because driving is dangerous. Accidents happen. Road rage happens. Misunderstandings happen. It is a complicated thing. And I don't even know if going back and revisiting every rule of the road would prevent any of those things because every other driver on the road has to be adhering to the same rules. And if they don't, these things are going to happen. And for anyone who's driven a lot, you know that people have different comfort levels and different styles of driving that might not adhere to rules and regulations or your own comfort level. So what do you do? And this situation also extends beyond driving. It's not just about road rage. I think it's, it's also about misunderstandings and it's about my personal experience of taking accountability beyond myself my tendency to place the blame, my tendency to get frustrated with when something's misunderstood, my tendency to, hmm, trying to figure out the words, to kind of be stuck in something in a deeper way than I really want to be. I'll share a few more notes from my therapy session, but first I'm going to revisit the Beyond Measure chat. I see other people can relate to feeling misunderstood. You know, it's it's certainly 
a thing that many people experience it, you know? Some other people are sharing their own experiences with road rage or other people's rage in general. <laughs> One person said that they use looks of disapproval. Me too. <laughs> yeah, the looks of disapproval. But you know, sometimes I've I've experienced other people's looks of disapproval and like that can hurt. <laughs> You know, like it's such a context relative thing. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, that in itself could trigger road rage, though. Like after this experience, I, I'm kind of afraid because you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. It, it's it can trigger this cascade of emotions. Um, I've I've had other people be disapproving of things that I I really thought I was like doing something innocent. Another example comes to mind. A few years ago when I was driving cross country, I, I think I was in somewhere on the East Coast, maybe Massachusetts or Connecticut. And it, there was a blizzard, I think, or some crazy weather with snow. And living all these years in Los Angeles, I'm not used to a lot of snow anymore, even though I grew up on the East Coast. Um, so <laughs> I'm like trying to drive extra careful, you know, I'm just not used to it anymore. And one thing, oh no, it wasn't snow. It was rain. I think there might've been a hurricane. Actually, <laughs> Like the, the, maybe the hurricane was far, way farther down on the East coast, but the weather was really bad wherever I was. Anyways, the rain was like so intense that the windshield wipers are going really fast and you can barely see not great visibility. And every time I would drive on this highway, uh, past a big truck, the visibility would get awful. So I was trying to stay in the left lane away from all of the huge trucks going by. And all of a sudden this car comes up behind me and starts flashing its lights like crazy behind me. And finally I'm able to like get, get a, you know, aside away from some of the big trucks and this car goes around me and I hear them shouting at me, like get off the road or something like that. And like, it occurred to me in that moment they were angry that I wasn't driving faster in this hurricane level weather. And I was thinking to myself, wow, like they have a completely different comfort level with this weather than me. And here I am trying to drive safely. What do they expect me to do? Stay behind these big trucks where I can't see just so they can go faster on the road. I'm sure that's what they wanted. But the fact that they were flashing their lights and somehow able to yell out their window at me in the middle of this torrential downpour. It was just one of those moments I'm thinking, gosh, like it's a perfect example of how your comfort level and your choices driving might not work for others. And a lot of people have very little patience. It's also an example of someone getting mad at me when I, I wasn't trying to interfere with their driving. I was just trying not to get into an accident. And this, you know, driving feels complicated, you know, it's all of these different emotions. Um, another person mentioned in Beyond Measure about people on their phone. Oh my gosh, I know. That's hard. And I notice that quite often. Um, we could go on and on about all these experiences, right? Like people do all sorts of strange things while driving. And how the fact that we can survive driving at all is is kind of amazing. Um, another person said that honking is to prevent an accident. I I, I do think 
uh, textbook wise, that's probably true. But are we really taught like maybe maybe some people are, maybe most people are, but I don't think I was ever really taught to only use the horn if if I thought an accident was oncoming. Maybe somewhere down the lines I observed other people's behavior or I heard it somewhere, right? Like where do we pick up all these different ideas about using our horn? And that's the thing you can't you can't control. Like people people bring forward their ideas and what's right and appropriate and what's wrong. Um, There aren't a lot of ways to communicate the flashing lights. Yes. I mentioned, but flashing lights can mean different things too. Like I remember being taught you'd flash your light to warn another car of something. And actually in that hurricane driving experience, I thought that, that that's what they were doing. Like, I thought they were trying to tell me like something was broken on my car or like, they, you know, I thought, you know, if you forget to turn your lights on and people can't see you, like, I thought maybe I didn't have my lights on or something. I didn't realize they were mad at me. So how are, how are you supposed to know with all these different signals? It's, it's so, so, so tricky. Um, I'm also looking through more, more beyond measure comments and questions and <laughs> one person said green lights can't get any greener yeah <laughs> i mean but that's another example of is what do you do when it's a yellow light right like do you do you try to make a turn before it turns red like a lot of people do that in los angeles myself included if i really want to make a left-hand turn and and the light's yellow, I'm probably going to try to make it through that intersection. But I think technically you're supposed to yield, right? Like you're, or you're supposed to slow down, but people do all sorts of nuts things. And the opposite issue can happen where you could be the one getting honked at because you didn't go through the light. I mean, driving is such a big guessing game. Now, some people have mentioned that they'll carry things in their car for protection, like a baseball bat. But I think this is part of self-defense. Like sometimes having any sort of tool that could be a weapon could also fire back at you. Um, what, another person mentioned having like bear spray or pepper spray, but you have to really know how to use it. And... I actually carry bear spray in my car too, mostly because I bought bear spray for, for actual bears when I was in Montana. And one person said, well, you know, it also doubles as self-defense for human beings, but I've never used it before. I carry pepper spray with me when I go on walks and hikes in certain areas, but I've never used it. I don't even know uh, if it would help. What if it made things worse? Um, this is this is really all of the questions that have come up in a little instance like this. And then also that ongoing bigger question that my therapist raised, which is why do I have a tendency to blame? And I will also leave you with something my therapist recommended, which was to use this experience where fortunately I was not hurt. So far, that person has not come and vandalized my home or followed me. Like, hopefully, will not be a situation like that TV series, Beef on Netflix. Um, 
what else is there to learn from this? And my therapist thinks that's an opportunity to become more okay with uncertainty, to sit with what is, to be acceptant, accepting of our suffering, and to have situations where we may not find these answers. All of these things I just mentioned about cars and driving and road rage and how do we protect ourselves? When are we to blame? How do we know when to use a, the horn? You know, how do we know if we're the one getting frustrated or we're causing somebody else frustration? Like all of this stuff is swirling. And how do we continue to operate in this world? How do we do something that's fairly simple like driving when it feels so complicated and confusing and scary? If we don't want to just stay home and avoid it altogether, how do we handle it? And I think my therapist suggestions to say, I don't know what will happen when I get in my car. The only thing I can be responsible for is myself. I can work on not taking the blame unless it's fully obvious, but maybe it will never be fully obvious. Even if I was in a car accident, there can be nuances there. Are both people equally to blame? I've, I consider myself a a good driver. I think I can work on it. You know, that's another takeaway with this. I'm going to think about my honking. I'm going to try to be more aware, notice what other people are doing. I'm going to take things a little bit slower. I've had moments where I've done, you know, scratched my car accidentally. And I wondered, wow, I, I guess I could have been a little bit more aware of my surroundings. I've had a few moments where I have almost hit someone or lightly tapped the back of someone's car. It's happened to me a couple times, <laughs> not recently, or even I, I did an episode last year about my speeding ticket. I've only had a few speeding tickets in my life and I tend to drive about 10 miles over the speed limit as I talked about in that episode. And technically that's breaking the law, but it's tough to understand the laws when other people are breaking it all around you. And you just happen to be the one that got caught, which was essentially what happened to me last year. I was going with the flow of traffic. Everybody else was going that speed. So why did I, why was I the one that pull, got pulled over? Well, one could say I was the unlucky, unlucky one. I was just the one that got caught. That doesn't mean it was okay. <laughs> I did a lot of research on speeding tickets, which if you want to hear, I think there might be two episodes about it. Um, from last fall 2022. And I learned a lot. And ultimately, you know, it, it made me a little bit more cautious. <laughs> uh, the rest of my cross country drive, I was very mindful to go slower. But you know what? There were times where people got really frustrated with me because I was going the speed limit. I could tell, you know, someone comes up and they're driving right behind your car, or they're trying to kind of push you to going faster. And I wasn't comfortable going faster after the speeding ticket because I didn't want to get another one. Um, it, it's complicated. So this is where that uncertainty comes in. This is where the acceptance that we might not always have answers about what to do and our role in it. We can take accountability and sometimes we take over accountability. Sometimes we're under accountable. Maybe we play the victim, you know, maybe there isn't 
one easy path, one easy answer. And it seems like there probably isn't. <laughs> it, it might not even be a matter of maybe. It just might be what is. And life can feel scary and unpredictable. Life is scary and unpredictable at times. Or unpredictable for sure. Hopefully not always scary. But like I started off this episode saying, we do live in a time where there's a lot of violence. I think that's a huge part of the human experience. Maybe it's just highlighted more because of the media. We have access to instant information from all over the world, and we get to hear all sorts of horrific stories and the awful things that we do to one another. Does that make it more common for people to be violent and full of rage? Are people angrier? It's hard to say. These are the type of things I... I I'm interested in, but I don't have the answers on. I just want to keep coming back to myself and learning little lessons like reducing my honking and being more mindful about honking. I can certainly learn that, but I can also learn to breathe through it, to forgive myself and to recognize that I don't always have control. I rarely have control. <laughs> I have control over a finite things within myself, but that's about it. And I can laugh about it and I can talk to you about it and I can talk to my therapist about it and realize that I could end up in another situation later today that might be just as stressful and it could just keep happening and it will keep happening throughout life. And I think it's tough to have that mentality because human beings, I think, want to have answers and want to have solutions and want to fix things, but we can't always do it. And we have these little opportunities in life to be reminded of that. So I'm going to wrap this up for now. Certainly a to be continued. Hopefully that situation has resolved itself, but the rest of it, all these lessons will continue for me, for you. The aim on this podcast is be, be open and honest about it. And the aim of Beyond Measure is to be there for one another. So thank you for those that were there live, asking questions, contributing thoughts, and your own experiences. It's absolutely beautiful to witness that. And I will extend the invite to any of you who are listening to the show and have not checked out Beyond Measure yet. I would love to have you in there because that's where I get to connect and hear your stories and, and your input and your reflections, your lessons, share resources, be there for one another. Earlier today, as a community, we were talking about how can we be more supportive to one another just by sharing posts about our struggles and when we need support and how can we contribute to supporting others. I am really working on that and beyond measure because it's a private community. It isn't just this podcast. It is kind of like a Facebook or a Slack or, you know, a Reddit forum, like a forum style group where you can just go and post and contribute your questions and answers and anything else in life together. It's a very written type medium mixed in with the live interactive elements such as this podcast. So if, if that's something you're curious about, come check it out. The link is in the description. 
And if you have any trouble with it, if you have other questions, if there's something I haven't addressed or made clear yet, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always working on positioning beyond measure. So it's clear and welcoming and it's understood to be that safe, supportive, non-judgmental space where we can explore our humanity, all of our flaws, while also connecting with people and feeling a sense of belonging and a sense of support. That is my aim with not only this podcast, but definitely with Beyond Measure. It's a, a big, big goal of mine. And I would love to have you part of that journey. So thanks to people that are already in there. Thanks to the rest of you for listening. I'll be back with an, another episode on Friday with a special guest and back within Beyond Measure doing another live episode next Monday. Wishing you all the very best, if, especially if you're listening to this, if you've gone through any road rage or any violence or any challenging situations in life with other human beings. I want to extend extra compassion and empathy towards you. I want to hear your story if you'd like to share it with me, but if not, I just wish you the very best in processing it, however you're doing it. And just a reminder to you that you're not alone, even if our situations are different, knowing that we're all in this complicated but beautiful human experience together. All right. Bye for now.